Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast where I speak to leading investment professionals to hear their views on the market, the investment strategies and the sectors and companies they like. My name is Rake van and our guest today is Terence Craig. He is the Chief Investment Officer of Element Investment Managers. Terence, welcome to the show. We are currently seeing many headwinds blowing against South Africa. We see some tension within the ruling party and government and uh, a potential ratings downgrade is on the horizon. Uh, we also see some very mixed signals from the main international markets, uh, which is causing a lot of volatility. How do you see the current market environment? With respect to international markets, I mean, our view has been quite some time that markets have been on the expensive side. Um, a lot of driving force behind markets has been central banks um, making money very, very cheap, so forcing investors to take more and more risk in order to get return. Our view is that it's not sustainable. It's always been difficult to call when that will turn. Um, but certainly what we've seen over the last year, the breadth of the market uh, has started deteriorating. So if one looks at South Africa and the U.S. as an example, the index was driven more and more by uh, one or two very large cap shares in South Africa, Nuspes, SAB, Starnoff and Richmond uh, in 2015, were the four that really drove the market. Um, and in the States, you know, you had the FANGs, the Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, that really drove the market. Um, if one looked at a even-weighted sort of basis, the market was actually trending down. So, so normally you get a concentration towards the end of a, a bull market where a couple of large caps drive the index, but the rest of the market is actually not doing that well. And, and we've seen that both locally and, and internationally. And uh, I guess when one looks at central banks, and, and we'll obviously find out from the EU today whether they're going to do anything more, but, um, you know, you've got negative rates and it's difficult to see how much further you can go. Um, so I do think central banks have starting to run out of ammunition to, to keep driving the market. Well, as you said, you know, a few companies actually drove the market um, and uh, it is really, really unlikely that they would do so again this year. Um, it is much more of a, a stock pickers market. Uh, you know, as an investment manager, how do you approach this? Um, and do you take bold positions in companies which you expect to, to do better than, than the big guns has done last year? Yeah, as value investors, we've been positioned in, in many of the shares that, that in 2016 have, have shown quite a turnaround. Uh, it obviously cost us, you know, through 2014 and 2015. Um, and, and really in, in, in South African context, that's been um, investing in, in resources and being underweight in financials and industrials. And it's really been the industrials that have driven our market over the last sort of four or five years. Uh, and resources have been punished and we've seen quite a significant turnaround and some of the moves are quite startling and I, th I think the quantum of moves do show that uh, there is some significant sector rotation and you know we as value managers we tend to look for shares that are being punished uh, at a bottom point in a down cycle but that are likely to pull through and I think what a lot of investors forget is that sectors move in cycles sometimes the cycles are longer than others um, and certainly the industrials on the upside and, and some of the consumer shares, the retailers have done particularly well for, for sort of 10 years or so. But we, we think that that's turning now. And, and certainly the moves we've seen in the likes of, of gold, platinum, and some of the other resource counters are, are significant enough to, and the action that's been happening within the resource um, counters themselves, you know, cutting costs, reducing debt, uh, becoming leaner and meaner to, to survive through a, a sort of commodity downturn um, has proved... Um, quite beneficial for those who've been prepared to take, uh, take that investment case. Do you re, um, regard yourself as a contrarian investor? Because that seems to have been 
you know, the, the strategy of many other contrarian investors, um, you know, John Bicard and, and Pitfull Yun. Um, are you in that bracket? Yeah, we would be, we would consider ourselves to be in that bracket. And uh, I guess if you do want to beat the index over the long term, you, you can't replicate the index. And uh, I think a lot of people have been close to, to index trackers or, or very low tracking error uh, without taking any significant bets away from the index uh, in terms of investment um, positions. Um, so again, you, you tend to find the best bargains where, where others are selling out or, or giving up. And that's been no different um, with resources in the last uh, sort of two or three years. But, you know, contrarian investors, you know, have been, you know, under the hammer for a while. Um, the market really has turned against them. Uh, but do you foresee the, the latest or the, the recent, uh, um, you know, spike in commodity shares is sustainable? Uh, I think in some some instances they are. It's, it's quite difficult in in terms of forecasting. So in when you're forecasting resource shares, you've got a much higher forecast risk than, for example, forecasting SAB's earnings, um, because obviously you have commodity and currencies that come into play. So you tend to need a much bigger margin of safety when you are investing in resources relative to to one or two industrial counters, where you you've got a a much lower sort of forecast risk when when you are analyzing shares. Um, but if you take gold, for example, the gold index peaked in September 2011, which is four and a half years ago now, um, at 1900. Uh, so you've had the gold miners having four and a half years of, well, until recently, four and a half years of continually declining prices where they've effectively cut costs, um, driven down debt, uh, sold assets. You've had some mergers. You've had... Um, uh, Anglo Gold selling one of the American assets to Newmont to, to be able to cut down debt. So what you find is that uh, resource companies aren't just price takers, but cost curves do flatten. So, you know, the average cost of a gold miner was probably about 1250 where the current price is now, four, four and a half years ago. Most of them have dropped their all-in cost to, to around about $1,000. So if you've got a 1250 gold price, you, you have a $250 um, dollar per ounce cash flow and if you gold fields or anglers and you're producing two or three million um, ounces per year that's pretty significant you've got 500 to 800 million US dollars um, cash flow and if you take that to to rands you've you've got anywhere between eight to ten or twelve billion yeah. uh, you know if you put a sort of reasonable multiple at this point in the cycle, you know, seven or eight you, you, you get to where the share prices are so it's not as if um, the gold prices, the gold shares are discounting ridiculous uh, gold price forecasts into the future. Um, the, the cash flows at these levels will be very, very strong for some of the gold producers. Um, if you look at the, the underlying holdings in, in your equity funds, you, you see the the same names. Anglo Gold um, in your equity, your, your Earth Equity Fund is the uh, biggest um, holding there, 10.5% of the fund. But also uh, Sabania Gold is the Aquarius Platinum, uh, BHP Billiton. Um, did you uh, sell out of some of those stocks or reduced exposure um, last year when they, we saw the, the sharp declines in, in, in that sector? We, we changed our positioning within some of the resources. So we, we tended to go for resource counters that had stronger balance sheets. So we avoided Anglo-American and Glencore as, as they had more debt. And I think we've seen that in that they both cut their dividends to zero, whereas Bulletin is, uh, and Rio, as examples, have cut their dividends but are, are still paying, so you're still getting some yield from them. So, of course, when commodity prices run, those that are highly geared are, have got 
got the leverage so your equity can rocket, which is what we've seen with Anglos. But we still think it's going to be quite difficult to reduce debt uh, in terms of selling assets at this point in the cycle. Uh, you know, most people know you're under pressure and have to reduce debt, so you, you tend not to get um, great, great prices for that. So we've had some sector rotation. This year we have taken some profits on some of our positions. Uh, you know, when your gold index is up over 100% in two and a half months, um, you know, it, it does make sense to take some, some profits off the table. Um, so we, we have rotated. Aquarius Platinum is effectively a cash orb now because it's being taken up by Sabanya. So it's, it is sitting in our top 10, but it hasn't benefited from the, the Platinum sector rally like many of the others, as it's really 19.5 cents times exchange rate, uh, and we'll probably get that in, in about a month's time. What did you do the, with the profit? What did we do with the profit? Yeah, what did you do? You, you, you speak, speak about sector rotation. Uh, you took, you know, reduced some exposure to the commodities. What did you do with, uh, with that cash? Yeah, we've invested in some, uh, some financials and industrials. We've taken some uh, positions, small positions in Renet and, and Richemont. Uh, we've always had a position in Bidfest, which we, we increased. Um, those would be the three that have, have, have got the, the biggest benefits and, and some of the healthcare. Um, net care, we, we increased our stake there. Some, the banking sector is one of the sectors that have been sold down. Um, I see that you hold uh, Standard Bank as your biggest shareholding um, in the majority of your funds. Uh, what do you think, first of all, of the value within the banking sector? And number two, why do you pick Standard Bank in that sector? Yeah, we think Standard Bank... Um, had underperformed many of the others for quite some time. You know, first, first Rand has really done the running in the banking sector uh, until recently. Um, so, you know, Standard Bank has uh, underperformed. We, we think it's a, you know, banks are, are sort of like super tankers. They, they take quite a long time to turn around and there are lots of little things you have to get right. And, and we think Standard Bank is going in the right way. Uh, it's, it's still going to be quite a tough sector for, for the banks um, in that you know, we're in a rising interest rate environment, and, and generally, you know, those companies, banks, and and, and retailers that are consumer facing, um, are, are going to have tougher times. And, and we do see interest rates continuing to rise in in SA as well. Are there other sectors you see value in? I guess the sector that has been down and out and buried for for seven or eight years now is, is construction. Uh, we have positions in Marion Roberts and and Group Five. Uh, we think. We're probably close to the bottom. Certainly, there have been, been some quite large moves um, over the last couple of weeks since uh, all the construction companies have uh, half years to, to December. So all the results have come through. And, uh, we, you know, we think if you look at something like Marion Roberts, um, the outlook isn't great, but you're paying a five multiple. They're still paying dividends. You know, so what, what multiple would you put on a company that's probably close to trough earnings? Uh, I think five is probably pretty cheap. So, um, you know, we, we like the value there. Um, one must bear in mind that Murray's is sort of just north of 10, but it was, you know, between seven and eight a couple of weeks ago. That share was over 100 Rand in 2007 when um, everybody had to be in the construction shares because everybody was building stadiums and the World Cup was, you know, three years away. So, You've got a share that's down 90% since its peak. Uh, it had a right issue a couple of years ago at 18 Rand. Um, so it's got a reasonably strong balance sheet. So, you know, when would you buy a construction company knowing that it's a cyclical share? I guess we'd rather buy it at, at close to 10 Rand after having raised capital than buying it at 100 Rand um, when it's at the peak. One of the, the companies um, 
you know, at we we uh, there is the most interest in on the MoneyWeb website is Sasol, um, and we also saw some uh, results from Sasol this week. Um, and uh, it, it seems that it's not too bullish about the future. You also hold this share. What are your views on, on Sasol? Yeah, I guess, in fact, I've got a lunch with Sasol later today, so <laughs> I'd, I'd get quite a bit more information. Uh, you know, Sasol has taken a decision to, like, like most other sort of South African companies, to diversify away from South Africa, so it's not dependent just on a, a local um, earning stream. So they are spending nine, nine odd billion US dollars to build an Ethan cracker in Louisiana in the States. Now, obviously, what, uh, what has happened since they pulled the, the trigger on that project a couple of years ago is that you've seen oil prices and gas prices and, and other chemical-related prices um, drop quite materially. So uh, certainly the outlook for that Ethan Cracker based on current prices um, is, is probably not as positive as it was. And generally you, you're facing a, a very tough industry um, right now. And you, you're obviously using your RAND earnings out of Sinfuels, which is uh, effectively Secunda and Sasselberg, um, to finance a dollar-based project. Um, you, you would have covered some of that, but you might not have been able to cover all of that going that far forward. So you, you are facing some sort of currency risk as well. Uh, we, we like Sassel. We like its business model. It generates lots of cash. Here. It, it's a business that doesn't need you know, $100 oil to, to make money. Um, but its primary commodity is uh, at the moment that generates earnings is oil. That's down quite materially. Um, the counter to that is that the, the RAND has weakened quite materially. So um, it's, it's not all doom and gloom for, for Sassel. Um, just lastly, uh, you know, contrarian investors have been, you know, did underperform the market the past few years. How patient are investors in your funds? Um, did you see outflows and do you expect, well, do you think that we've hit the bottom of the market and the, the value investors, the true value investors could now outperform the market? Yeah, I mean, you know, investment philosophies move in cycles just like um, shares move in cycles and, and economies move in cycles. So it's certainly been out of favor. I, I think what uh, exacerbated that move is there were significant outflows out of ourselves and, and some of the other value managers you mentioned. I think three of us probably collectively lost close to 100 billion in the last three or four years. So it becomes very difficult to perform in that environment as you have part of your portfolio that's continue sold into the market um, and if it's moving to somebody that doesn't have a large overlap many of your shares are, are sold down or dumped in the market and that's happened to some of the other value managers uh, I think with uh, the current turnaround in performance we've seen some stability in in our flows um, we certainly haven't had any material outflows for the last year or two um, but by and large uh, investors aren't that patient uh, I think many investors look at uh, one to three-year time horizon, and I think if you really are uh, investing in markets for the long term, one, one, one certainly got to have a longer term horizon than that. Um, so the answer is we've we've had outflows, as have most of the other value investors. That's compounded the the value underperformance certainly in the last two or three years. Um, but we think the turnaround that we've seen. Um, there have been many false dawns for value investors over the last uh, couple of years, but certainly the magnitude of the relative outperformance this time has been very material. Um, you'll see some of the value managers um, certainly in the top uh, 10 or top quartile over six months. Some of them have had such significant outperformance that they're there over one year already. So um, we know we have very poor figures that are falling out. So we, we certainly think that 
the winners this year are unlikely to be um, the, the winners of last year, and we think a lot of value managers will will be in that um, top top quarter or top ten. Thank you, Terence. That was Terence Craig, the Chief Investment Officer of Element Investment Managers.